0: Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McInniff.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving, where we give you information and education on senior care topics, My name is Ryan McAniff. I am here with Janet. Before we get into our topic, Janet, how are you?
0: I'm doing great.
1: I got to do the plugs. We got to do the plugs. So if you want to check us out, I'm on Twitter at at Get Big Red. I'm on, we're on YouTube, caregivers, toolbox, YouTube, a lot of videos have been posted up there. A lot more will be posted up there. And then finally our website where you can read the blogs and see the videos and listen to the podcast if you want is mwhomecare.com. And if you happen to be, I guess, in the Massachusetts area and you want to learn about more private home care, well, give us a call 781-862-3300. Uh, we are non-national though. I wish we were. I wish we were. (laughs) Not yet, not yet. Not yet, not yet. One one time. So anyways, Janet, what the heck are we talking about today?
0: Well, like you, I try and follow current articles. And I um, I have a habit of when I pick up the newspaper in the driveway before I go to work, I see what's above and below the fold and any little comments. And this is very timely because it was actually in this morning's Boston Globe. And it was a report that actually was being issued today, so you can't get more timely than today, All right. about the alarm about physician burnout. And I, I have to confess, I wasn't sure if this was going to be just some quick little thing and whatever, but I really could sink my teeth into this article. And in some cases, I did a lot of um, smiling. Um, yeah.
1: Well, especially timely since we just talked about employers having issues with their employees on Burnout from caregiving, being unpaid caregivers at home. Well, let's just look over to the the medical industry on what's going on.
0: Yep, and let's look at the doctor as the employee yeah. of the practice or the hospital. And they've done this study, and they have really found some alarming statistics about the um, burnout. And this report was actually um, a bunch of Massachusetts doctors, and it was done from the Massachusetts Medical Society, Mass Health and Hospital, and Harvard School of Public Health. And it was very interesting because the I'll take a quote from it, the unyielding demands of electronic health records and the ever-growing regulatory burdens and what this is placing on the doctors. And because I probably qualify as almost a dinosaur in this industry, I can remember when a lot of things were all handwritten and (laughs) when it came through that you had to use only approved abbreviations so that everybody knew what sniff and all these other things actually meant um, especially where prescriptions and things were concerned and it was a, a- a bit of a struggle getting the doctors on board when they were told they had to type their notes, because if you've ever read a prescription signature, most doctors, you can't read their writing. So that was the start of, in my mind, of, you know, making more and more things electronic. And uh, years ago, I had worked in uh, with a visiting nurse, and I can remember when the nurses got laptops, and they had to sit down and type away. And to this day, you talk to a visiting nurse, at least in this area, and they go to do an admission of a person, and it could take them two or three hours to get the paperwork done, um, just in terms of typing things in. And you know, everybody had to um, send their their notes into the computer system by eleven o'clock at night. You know, so to this day, I'll go out and have dinner with friends that are social workers or whatever, and they excuse themselves because they've got to go home and type. Yeah. So we hear all this part. And that's been the bane of the existence for a lot of home care um, clinicians. Well, it's filtered up to the doctors. And, you know, I listen to our clients talk about their experiences at the doctor's office. And I've seen some on my own. One of my favorite lines was when a a doctor said, don't take your coat off. You won't be here that long. That's when the productivity that was expected of the doctor was the seven-minute visit. And you don't hear about that as much, but a very, very common thing, I heard about it just the day before yesterday, you go to the doctor and they don't even look at you. They're typing while they're talking. Pretty much. And it's because of the regulations and the documentation. And I know someone at a hospital that just changed over their computer system and they're still fighting with it six months later. And the doctor wants to care for the client, for the patient, and there's all of this paperwork. There's all of this regulatory stuff they have to do, and a lot of them are burning out, and they um, they're blaming a lot of it on the um, documentation and data entry being done by doctors. Doctors didn't do data entry before everybody else did the data entry of their notes. So that's really, um, or as someone said, a simple task, you want to send a prescription, multiple clicks on the computer to get the paperwork done. Um, and as a result, they say they do two hours of paperwork for every one hour of a client. And that's something that is just, you know, evolving with our new healthcare system and it's burning them out. And they call it pajama time because they're having to do a bunch of it at home. And to them, a lot of it's meaningless paperwork is how they see it. And, uh, the hospitals are starting to look at it and they're looking at hiring people that are, um, directors of clinical wellness. And as one person put it, this isn't about another yoga class that you offer to an employee. It's a matter of it has gotten stressful to the point that some doctors are quitting Mm -hmm. and some doctors are under so much stress that they need to seek mental health. And they don't want to, they don't want to acknowledge that because how would you feel if you heard that, oh my gosh, my doctor needs a psychiatrist or a psychologist or when it may just be burnout. Yeah, you and know it-
1: people are going to say, well, my, my doctor is crazy or my doctor is a whack job. You know, they're going to say some type of rude thing that that, that all of a sudden perpetuates itself exactly. and it becomes a rumor versus, well, you know, really what it is where somebody's, you know, burned out and just needs some time off and needs some help.
0: Yeah, and it was, it was interesting because um, – the report, they specifically state, the report does not address the burnout of nurses or other healthcare workers. This whole thing is just on the doctors. And the survey said that 50% to as many as 78% of doctors have experienced burnout. And that's considered like emotional exhaustion, disengagement from their work. Do you not love it at the idea that your doctor, that you think is going to keep you alive or not, is disengaged from what they have to do? Yeah, you know, and uh, it's it really a little is scary. A, yeah. Well, yeah. I
1: mean, there was a and and you were I was typing a little bit while you um, were talking about this. There was a whole, uh, I think I mentioned it before, but we've done over a hundred episodes, so I'll mention it for a second time. There was a whole uh, documentary called Cold Black, Code Black that was about a. Um, a Los Angeles, um, uh, the, the LA hospital and, you know, one of the biggest hospitals it's, it deals, you know, obviously they get a lot of, um, the poor, um, immigrants, people that can't speak English. A lot of, of that community goes to the LA hospital. And then on top of that, they have the, emer- the true emergencies that they have to deal with, whether it's car accidents, some type of violent episode, whatever might've happened. And it basically the the underlying issue that these these doctors are having is that not only are they facing the burnout from just the, the nonstop um, amount of people and a code black, if I remember correctly, in their terminology is um, uh, it's it's when they 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 have they have so many people in their emergency room they're completely beyond capacity like they they're it's the highest level of like we have too many people and originally these code blacks were supposed to be few and far between and now they're talking about how a code black code black is multiple times a week and you know these but one of the issues that they talk about in this documentary is how they the the la hospital used to the layout of it was perfect for getting people into trauma surgery immediately in the ER or wherever or close by, and you would have four or five people getting emergency treatment on them within hands distance. Like it was,
0: you know, it was like a mass unit in the military, kind of the old. So if
1: you had a big car accident or you had a gang violence or you had some type of situation, a fire where uh, uh, four or five or six people were coming in and needed immediate life 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 or death treatment you had four or five people in this and it worked the and it was controlled chaos right it was it yep. was a there was a there was the the controlled chaos of it all and then it of course it was
0: choreographed everybody knew absolutely yeah.
1: everybody knew their place and they had but basically what had happened and eroded from this functionality that was that was superb was well they're not private and HIPAA regulations say that they need to be private. And if they can hear each other, well, who gives a damn when I'm shot four times? Or my yep. head's basically hanging off because I got into a major car. I don't care about my privacy. I need blood and stitches.
0: <laughs> <You know>?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and so these doctors talk about how they're spending more and more time on a computer and that means that more and more people wait into an emergency room. And yeah. part of the issue that comes with it is that, of course, the people that get shot or the car accidents or the major issues, but what about the person that has a really bad infection that mm-hmm. they don't really know is maybe a few days away from going from just a local infection to, to being
0: septic, which can be lethal, to being septic. Yeah. Yep.
1: But those people have been waiting for nine hours in an emergency room because they sliced open their hand. And they haven't gotten treatment in a week because they hoped it would get better on their own because they don't have health insurance. And then after the ninth hour of waiting, they just go home.
0: Yep, the blood stopped; it clotted. And or so, not. yeah.
1: So they just they 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 figure out maybe maybe that pain in my abdomen is just because I eat turkey the the chili too much, but it really could be cancer or tumor or what you know what I mean. And then all yep. of a sudden, these people walk away because they don't or. What you were talking about in the last uh, podcast is that maybe they're a caregiver, they have a, a job that they need, and they've waited the six hours that they have between their next job, and if they don't leave now, then they're going to miss out on the payday yeah. and and not be able to pay rent for this week or whatever it might be, and that's what they talk about in this movie, Code Black, I thought it was a fascinating movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the, the whole thing of the – when we talk about the stressors and, and all of what goes on, and to compound it, this country has its huge – Opioid issue to deal with, and you you hear things and you read articles about um, first responders, fire, police, paramedics that just plain get frustrated with these people that do repeated overdoses. They drag them in, they do the Narcan, they sit up there ticked off, they go home, and they took up that time to do that typing and that paperwork because they have to account for that person and. They're seeing someone else that is not getting tended to, you know, and it's a huge, huge burnout. And it was uh, one thing that was interesting too in the article it says a national survey of doctors that was published last year said 10% of the doctors reported a major medical error in the prior three months. So if somebody's distracted, overtired, stressed out, 10% of them made a significant medical error. Yeah. That's kinda of scary. And
1: a mat like my girlfriend's my girlfriend's mom just had to go to the emergency room. And uh and it ended up being that she just of all things, she just was dehydrated and needed to drink more water. She had, had previously had some surgery. They were worried about her kidneys and so when she she felt very off brought her in the emergency room, but it ended up she just needed more water through it. But she's dehydrated as it is. It's a side effect of whatever disease she has. Um, and she just, you know, they IV'd her. But the point that I'm making is she got there at 12 o'clock. They didn't leave till 10. They spent yep. 10 hours in the emergency room. And this is this is a person that that, you know, she's on, she has Medicare. You know, like she's over 65, so she has... Medicare or Medicaid or whatever it is. So she has some form of payment of some form of insurance and she still waited 10 hours. And then on top of that, how would you feel if you just waited nine or 10 hours to see a doctor and they came in and gave you the seven minute doctor routine?
0: Yep. You know, how
1: infuriating would that be? Like you just said, where, you know. The, the doctors are, are burned out, but how do you think the the families feel? Like, we just waited 10 hours to see you, and we got to see a doctor for five minutes. Yep. Five minutes of your time is worth 10 hours of my time. That's a pretty unfair ratio. I'm an Irish guy. I'd go ballistic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, are you serious? You're going to give me this amount of time? Like, I don't want to talk to an LPN. I want to talk to you. And, of course, you know, that's that's got to be – you know that eventually affects these hospitals as well. Where you know the, at the end of the day, a hot, there there are a lot of hospitals in urban areas. Mm -hmm. There's competition. And so if you're not satisfied with Beth Israel, well, I can guarantee a Mass General would welcome you to come visit their campus. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I can remember a ways back, there's a hospital over in, um, I think it's Brighton, and they used to have a sign. You know, you always think of uh, being at the deli counter or the RMV and there'd be a sign that says, you know, now serving number three or 10 minute wait. They had a sign that, sure. that would flash that would say, emergency room, wait time, ten minutes, you know, and that and they were right up on a hill, talk about a perfect billboard. But, you know, this this ongoing stress and the the burnout and everything on the doctors, um, you know, here's this was a a statistic that just hit me in the face. It said, um, these doctors that leave these hospitals and these facilities, it said, a departing doctor can cost as much as 500000 to a million dollars to replace them. So not only is there all this stress going on, but every time a doctor of certain, you know, um, specialties or whatever, they say, I just can't do this anymore. The hospital's got to go and spend a million dollars to find someone else that they can put through the ringer until something changes. Yeah. You know, and so we, we talk about, you know, dealing with our, our clients here. We talk about caregiver stress and all of that. Um, and people go in and they say, oh, the doctor's visit. We, we waited forever. I saw him for five minutes and, you know, he was practically rude and he's probably had 4,000 people before you, or he got yelled at because he missed typing in on some form. And, you know, so I think that side of it, we often don't see. Sure, And uh, that's... And
1: listen, don't get me wrong. Every single job has stuff that stinks, right? Like we we talked about Rob Lowe in the previous podcast. I am sure Rob Lowe loves acting. I'm sure he loves it. You know what I'm sure Rob Lowe doesn't really love or you hear a lot from actors, all the marketing you have to do for it. You put out a movie. Like I, I follow The Rock on uh, Instagram because, you know, the guy's charismatic and he's fun to, to follow on social media. He puts out one of these big movies through Disney or one of these, you know, the, the where, you know, every movie now. But like they're trying to become a global sensation. He has to fly around the globe. In like forty-eight hours or seventy-two hours, going all to the China, openings and all things. the openings. Ugh. He has to do all the premieres. Then he has to do in every, then on most countries or or at separate times, they can do eight to twelve hours of just interviews. Ima- imagine eight to twelve hours of being asked the same ten questions by fifty different, a hundred, two hundred different people coming in. Like there are some some videos online where you see the the actors. I think it was. um I forget her name. She was on she was on the that 70s show. She was the the pretty uh uh dark-haired girl. I forget her name. She was in Ted as well. Um but she she's married to Ashton Kutcher just for people that are listening. I can't remember her name. But she kind of went jokingly crazy. You know, she was like, "I'm done." You know, <laughs> "Ask me anything that doesn't involve" and she listed out like, "I know what you're going to ask me." And she listed out seven questions. And he's like, yeah, like, well, because the last 50 people did. It. And so my mm-hmm. my point being uh, this little rant is that, like, guess what, doctors? We also understand that, you know, it's not all going to be 100% serving people. Like, every everybody has that profession of what they want to be doing, that their favorite, why they got into this job. But... So there's always going to be paperwork you don't like, right? There's always yep. going to be red tape that you're not thrilled with. There's always going to be the the higher ups at the the, doc, the hospitals that have to care more about the finances of the hospital than and balancing the finances over the care, right? That constant uh, pull and push and pull that people have, um, because obviously these hospitals are a lot of them are for profit hospitals trying to make money, um, but. When you're dealing with an epidemic, that's the, that's kind of what I'm bringing up. You know, there's going to be things that people don't like in their job. Everybody deals with that, but there are going to be things that where it becomes a, 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 a almost a crisis within the industry. And this was talking about the Boston area, I think, or it was in the Boston Globe. But if it's happening in Boston, it's happening everywhere else. It's just the yep. nature of the beast of what's going on. And I think that those are the things that kind of come with the job. But at what point in time does it? Does it start to say, you know what, I'm spending more time being an administrative assistant for myself, putting mm-hmm. in documents and code rather than doing what I was, what I'm paid to do, which is treat people and make them healthy and make them not sick and give them hope that things are going to get better.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I can, I mean, my family reminds me of this often that, uh, you know, I, um, I went through a, a situation with my mom that had some surgery and uh, the doctor did a fine job saved a life, but people didn't exactly follow what he wanted done, and he was away, and uh, the home care experience, which had previously been great, was abysmal, in my opinion, and I shared it with the doctor's secretary. So I went with them to the first visit with the surgeon after, and the doctor shook my hand and said, oh, you're the daughter. You're pissed. <laughs> like okay that happened like the week before it's like is this doctor carrying around the fact that i was mad at a situation and it's like you know people say the most stressful job one of the most stressful jobs is a dentist why because he's good or bad no because everybody hates him because he would cause pain you know and so you think there are these people that are supposed to play god and and fix everything and they're carrying around the fact that I was mad about something. You know, that's got to be brutal. Yeah. And just one final thing that came to mind when I read this article is yesterday I was over visiting one of our um, our assisted livings that we work with. And we were having a conversation about um, a memory care facility, a, a new one that's opening in the area. And the person I was speaking with, um, she said, well, they were a little concerned about it and I, as competition. And I asked, "Why?" well, it's state of the art. And part of me smiles because I think state-of-the-art for someone with dementia, is this like they've got cool locks on the door or what's going on? But you even see in some of the assisted livings now, I see these monitors on the wall in different places that the caregivers are using. It's probably going past the paperwork side of things but think we we have enough problems sometimes with language barriers and communicating what needs to happen imagine and you know costs go up imagine having to teach the staff how to use somebody's computer yeah you know there's there's some stress for you
1: it's going to be interesting
0: <laughs> it's going to be interesting
1: it's going to be interesting but i mean it just it it just brings up a a report you know and if and i also think if this is happening with the doctors and the doctors, you know, are the kind of kind of the the large and in charge on the the floors, right? Then what's going on with uh, the registered nurses? What's going on with the river flows downstream? What's going on with the administrative <laughs> assistants or yep. whatever it might be? That you know, absolutely, absolutely. So it's yep. just it's something to to certainly think about, be cognizant of that. You know, these these doctors are working really hard, and unfortunately, they're spending more time putting things being data entry than they are to.
0: People think they're rich and it's easy. No, it's not, no.
1: not always the case. Nope. Anyways, thank you, Janet, for bringing this up. And uh, we will catch everybody on the next one. Have a great day.